clear of the closing doors, please. Hey all, welcome back. My name is Victoria and you're listening to NYCT. NYCT is a podcast and community where everyone has a seat at the table. Whether you are moving to New York City, are living in New York City, or maybe you've only seen the city in the movies, your ticket to this tea party is just being you. I believe everyone has a story to tell, no matter where you come from, how much money you have in the bank, how many followers you have, how put together or not put together you feel, you belong here. NYCT is my love letter to my 20s in New York City and to the people who give this city its pulse. New York City is so much more than the attractions, than Times Square, than the bright lights. New York City is its people. It's the baristas who make your iced latte in the morning and the Broadway stars who whose dreams come true. It's the doctors and lawyers and servers and construction workers and the nonprofits who give back. It's the small family-run businesses who have been around for decades. It's the businesses and places you walk into and out of. It's the memories you make with people. It's the interactions that change your life. That is New York City. The MTA conductor who sees you running down the steps, trying not to miss the train, and holds the doors open for you a little longer and gives you a little wink. It's the teachers, artists, musicians, therapists, doormen, Trader Joe's cashiers. It's the unhoused and single moms and people working multiple jobs trying to keep their, keep their families fed. It's <laughs> drunk girls in the bathroom who tell you how pretty you are and... The little rats, or the big rats, because these days they look like freaking wiener dogs, who are running next to you down the sidewalk making sure you get home safe. Every day we are playing a role in someone else's life, and they're playing a role in ours. And yes, if we're lucky and if we have found them yet, we have community and friends who feel like family, but I think sometimes we forget how impactful and beautiful tiny interactions are those interactions and moments where you know someone just holds the door for you or you know you say thank you you hold eye contact a little longer those moments where somebody just does a small random act of kindness because they feel like it out of the goodness of their heart not expecting anything those times that you smile and connect with a stranger things like asking a server or bartender their name it's The way you choose to show up in your day-to-day that matters. The way you choose to be present and authentic when no one's looking. When you're just running errands or commuting to work or someone new is starting at your job and you invite them out for after work happy hour drinks. Those are the moments people remember forever and people always, always, always remember. No matter how big or how small your interaction with them was, they always remember how you make them feel. And I can't tell you how many times I've felt less lonely and more lit up by this magical, smelly, expensive, wildly confusing 8 million person New York City community. My goal for this podcast is for you to leave feeling a little less lonely too. I moved to New York City six years ago, but the first time I ever visited New York was in 2001. I came here with my mama and I think it was her first time on a plane. I'm not sure about that. So sorry, mom, if I'm lying on my podcast, it was definitely my first time on a plane and our first time in New York city. We made the trip because I was coming to the city to meet with modeling agencies who were 
potentially interested in signing me. I had a modeling agent and talent agent in North Carolina who set up these meetings and I was here to see if I was basically a good fit for the New York City market as a five-year-old. This was obviously a like big risk for my family even just taking this meeting because you know my parents are we're in North are in North Carolina we're in North Carolina and so looking ahead if I was going to get signed my family was going to have to make sacrifices like we were basically going to have to uproot our lives and move from North Carolina to New York City um, I know my parents had discussed maybe my dad staying back for a while, my mom moving here with me temporarily, figuring it out, which first I just want to say like how grateful I am to have parents like that who believed in me enough and like this potential dream to even try, to even agree to come here. My mom bringing a five-year-old by herself when she'd never been to New York City either. Awesome. Badass. Love them. Shout out to them. I owe so much of who I am to my parents. And I know they're listening to this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But anyway, I guess you guys figured it out. It didn't work out. I didn't move here and become a model when I was five. There's a lot that played into that. Um, Part of it was just like, obviously it was just unrealistic for the most part. That that we that that we could do that and some feedback that I'd also gotten from the agencies that I will always find fascinating is that my southern accent was too strong when I was younger I literally was like hey y'all I'm Victoria I'm from North Carolina and that just like wasn't gonna fly here and the agencies wanted me to get rid of my accent but full circle moment and jokes on everybody because I got to stay true to myself, keep my identity. I didn't have to get rid of anything. I didn't move to New York City and become a child model. I had a beautiful full life, was a born and raised small town, girly, played sports, did theater, took risks, tried new things, and eventually I moved to New York City and am now represented by one of the biggest modeling agencies in the world. So that is just a little story about how things always work out. And those moments from my childhood, they're and those experiences, they're so irreplaceable and they made me who I am and I love who I am and I love where I come from and I'm so grateful again to have family and chosen family in North Carolina and my community there who just let me be me. And that was enough. And who has still supported me to this day in moving to New York City when the timing was right. Last summer, I was home and, or maybe it was a year ago, and my parents had been cleaning out their house. And there were some pictures from that first trip that we were looking through. And there's this picture that I came across. It's my mom and I, and we are in the now seaport. And we're standing kind of like on the ledge there by the water and in the background in the middle of the picture is the apartment that I ended up living in 20 years later like smack dab in the middle of the background of that picture and I am smiling ear to ear in that picture like grinning so big it's like I always knew 
I always, 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 always knew that I was going to live here. Like, I can't explain it. My second time and third time visiting New York City, I felt the exact same way. I was in high school and we drove up from my high school on a charter bus. It was a chorus field trip. I remember we left super early from North Carolina and I think it was like a 12-hour drive. We were napping and we would listen to music, napping some more. And eventually when we got close to the city, like everyone was kind of sleeping because it had been such a long day. And I remember getting woken up because people were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's New York City, there's New York City, there's New York City. And I looked out the window and that is my first memory of seeing the skyline for the first time. And I remember it so vividly seeing that, seeing that like through her eyes. Again, I just feel so grateful that in those moments, I didn't know how I was going to get to New York City or really why I wanted to move to New York City. I just saw the skyline and I was like, this is it. Like, this is it. I had no concept of the reality of living here. But I think that decisiveness and trusting myself and my intuition is what's key here. I knew myself. I knew what I wanted. I knew what was meant for me and I knew I would do anything I could to get here and because of that skyline and because of those memories and because of just being who I am and trusting myself that skyline has been the background of my 20s which I just think is so freaking awesome and another memory I want to share from that trip was we went to the opera we went to go see the magic flute which if you don't know, is in German. And I'd never been to an opera before. I don't know if other people from my high school had either, but there was a first time for everything. And when you go to the opera, or I don't know if it's still like this, I haven't been to the opera since, but when I went to see The Magic Flute, there was a monitor on the back of the seat in front of you that translates what they're singing because it's not in English. And if you speak English and you don't speak German, you don't know what's going on. But if you're sitting, looking ahead at your monitor, you can only see that your monitor is on. So from your perspective, it looks like the people next to you have their monitors off because there's some type of like privacy protector technology. I don't know. There's proper terms for that. I don't know what they are. It doesn't matter. But the whole time, I thought the people around me knew what was going on. Like they spoke German. Like they were fluent in German and they were opera experts. And I was so embarrassed because I'd never been to an opera before and I didn't want to look ignorant and I wanted to fit in. So I turned my monitor off because I thought people were judging me for not understanding the German opera. Like so dumb. And since then and since moving here, There have been so many other times where I was just so afraid of not fitting in because I felt like other people around me who grew up in the city or grew up close to it were a better fit for the city, were more well-versed. They grew up going to fancy restaurants and eating all the different types of cuisines and their parents had connections, etc. Or, you know, they'd gone to like better schools or they had financial help. I felt or I was so embarrassed to tell people my story because I was afraid of being judged or being an outsider. And I didn't really want to have to explain myself. But that's why I'm here now. And that's why I'm here encouraging you to show up as yourself. 
I'm not afraid to tell my story and you shouldn't be afraid to tell yours either. I'm not afraid to say that I grew up with five TV channels. No, I didn't have Disney Channel. Like I'm not the person to talk to about TV and Disney. I think I had like one Saturday morning where I could watch um The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody and and like Power Rangers or something. Like I don't even know. It didn't matter because I was too busy dancing my little booty off to Tina Turner VHS tapes and rewatching The Wizard of Oz and running around barefoot on gravel and eating tomato sandwiches. But when I moved here, I was like so afraid to let people see that part of me. I didn't want people to know I was a first generation student or that I never studied abroad. But that is so silly to think that way. And if I could talk to that version of myself, I'd be like, girl, shout from the rooftops about where you come from and how much you love your collard greens and how many cool like biker week t-shirts you have in your closet and cowgirl boots and vintage leather jackets because girl a couple years from now that's all gonna come full circle and you're gonna have things in your closet that people pay hundreds of dollars for like just be you just be proud of where you come from don't be ashamed of that and you can be proud of where you come from and still want something different for yourself there's also nothing wrong with that but I would never be ashamed again of how I was raised because I was raised the best in the best way and I think that you know this is just a random shout out to anybody who's raising kids I know that I actually don't know because I'm not a parent, but I have a lot of empathy and compassion for parents because everything's a game time decision. When our parents are raising us, like they're just making decisions and they're hoping for the best. And like, if you're a mom listening to this, you're a freaking rock star. And I hope you know that. And I hope that you can relay some of this to, you know, your little girls who have big dreams or who maybe want to move to a big city one day if they're in a small town. Again, I'm just really grateful for where I come from and will never, ever, 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 ever be ashamed of that. There are still people who will never get to see the New York City skyline or there are families who save up for years to bring their kids here to see a Broadway play or to see the Statue of Liberty. I think it's so important no matter what we're going through to recognize in what ways we are truly lucky and to be grateful for that. Or I know there are people who, you know, they want to move to New York City, but they don't feel like they have the right connections or they don't know how to get out of their small towns or it feels too big and too scary or they're too afraid they won't be able to get a job because competing with other interviewees with more interesting and elite backgrounds. Because, but these are just like stories we, we tell ourselves. They are made up. If you want something in this life, you just have to bring it. Bring your best self. Shake hands. Send LinkedIn requests. Make personalized videos. Look up. Make eye contact. Ask people how they got to where they are. Decide who and what you want to be and make that shit happen. When you enter this world and this life, you are given talents and gifts before you even know what comparison is. And once you decide you want to start putting yourself in rooms that you desire to be in, that you didn't think you belonged in before, when you put yourself in those rooms, you start to realize you do actually belong there. 
if you want to be there. And I knew I wanted to be in New York City so freaking bad. And as soon as I could, I started looking up summer internships. And the summer after my freshman year of college, I came across a post for a two-week internship with a musical theater festival. And it was a festival for original musicals that was hiring. That's all I knew. I applied on Playbill. I got a meeting to interview. And a few days later, I got the email that I was picked. And then was like, hmm, yay, but where am I going to live? And like, how do I do that? And what neighborhood, like what even are the neighborhoods? Like I literally had no idea. I only knew what Times Square was at that time. And like where, where the Rockefeller tree was. I didn't, I had no concept of the geography of New York city and where to live or how to navigate this place. But that felt like tomorrow's problem and it was tomorrow's pop problem. And I found a solution. My mom helped me book a two week stay at a loft that some of my theater friends back home had told me about. It was June. This was nine years ago. And it was right around Father's Day, like a couple weeks, I guess, after school had gotten out. Um, my mom had gotten my dad a ticket to fly up with me and to stay the night going into the day of my first internship. My internship started on June 15th and <laughs> I'm going to share my journal entry from that day. Just a quick heads up. I'm not using anyone's real names for my journal entry. They are all made up names, but know that the stories and the people are very much real and I'm very grateful for them. Never in my life did I think I'd be late to the first day of my dream New York City internship. And I forgot it was Father's Day, so I feel like the worst daughter ever. But hopefully I can look back at this day and laugh. Two women in my bunk room snored all night. And on top of that, I got back to the loft after 1am after everyone was sleeping and there weren't any outlets available to charge my phone. I plugged my phone up in the living room, got it to 15% and ended up just staying up until the sun came up because I was afraid I'd miss my first day and because the women were snoring. I got ready. The AC wasn't on. It was so freaking hot. I was dripping sweat, met dad in the lobby and we walked six blocks to the train station. We bought two subway passes and when we got to the train, we realized we were going in the wrong direction. We got off the train at the next stop, walked back to the first train and asked the guy working the MTA booth for directions. He directed us to where we needed to be and that platform was across the street. We headed down to the subway, bought another pass and I entered through the turnstile. Dad had to get to the airport so we said goodbye and he reminded me that it was Father's Day. And I started crying because I was already so overwhelmed. I hadn't slept. I was nervous. And it was my first time I was about to be in New York City by myself. And I was also the worst daughter ever. But the, t the train came. I said, see you soon. Goodbye. Love you so much. So sorry. I'm the worst. Was literally sobbing. And I got onto the train. I noticed a little earlier, right before getting onto the train, that there was a man watching me on the platform. He got on the same car as me, and I could see him looking at me out of my peripheral vision. I thought, hmm, maybe it's because I'm crying, because uh, I was the only person crying on the train, but I got scared when he got off at the same stop as me. We both got off at West 4th, and he kept turning around to look at me, so I mixed myself in with other people and ran up the stairs. When I got to the street, I was on Waverly Place, and I thought... 
I was in the wrong spot because I didn't see West 4th Street. I walked around a while. I called a cab and told the driver I needed to go to McDougal Street. Could he please help me? But I mispronounced the name and he took me back east. I was definitely lost late and far away from my internship. So I had him let me out. I paid him and I found a restaurant nearby and asked the waiter, whose name was David, where the heck I needed to go. He suggested I take the train because I was further than a walking distance from where I needed to be. But when I left the restaurant, I couldn't find a train stop and I called another cab, this time pronouncing the street name correctly because David told me how it was pronounced. McDougal. McDougal. I got to my internship late. I was dripping sweat. I like had mascara running down my eyes. I was trying to keep it together and I apologized to the boss immediately like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm late like I got lost yada yada and one of the fellow interns they just hugged me I then met another intern Sarah she lives in Brooklyn and she gave me her number in case I needed it for lunch she took me to a Chinese restaurant and I asked for shrimp sauce with my rice but neither Sarah nor the waiter knew what that was I'd only ever had fast food Japanese in North Carolina and we put shrimp sauce on everything. I was so flustered the rest of the day and I didn't feel like myself because my nerves were all over the place but I stuck it out wrapped up the day and Sarah walked me to the train to make sure I got back to the one I was supposed to be on to go back to the loft. We had an opening night party scheduled that night so ran back to the loft got changed and then headed to the party. I wore a black jumpsuit and heels I got about halfway down the block and was in these heels and was so uncomfortable and was like, you know what? Maybe I should turn around and get flip-flops. I changed shoes. I threw my heels in a bag and headed the wrong direction again. Ugh. My third taxi driver of the day saved me and I made it to the party. The first person I met was a guy named Will. He talked a lot about himself and when he found out I was working with the festival, he handed me his business card at the top of the business card in big bold letters it read actor baritone (laughs) we kind of bonded over theater and randomly bonded over pigeon forge i took the card and then i saw my supervisor waving me over and i went over to talk to her she explained what we would be doing and then we pulled the red velvet rope back let people in and the party started i shook as many hands as i could i took more business cards i asked questions learned about new york city the theater world, auditioning, workshops. When I got the chance and the courage, I found my boss and I went over to him. He was standing by the stage. I reintroduced myself and apologized again for being late that morning. He told me he totally understood that the city can be really brutal and hard and he thought that I was brave for being here. We got to chatting and found out that my current vocal coach was a friend of my boss's from the 90s and that his daughter and I were born in the same hospital in North Carolina around the same time. The event was so much fun and when it started winding down, the interns all sat together and we got to know each other and learned about one another and everyone just seemed so cool to me. They were who I wanted to be and how I wanted to be. They had careers here and were hustlers and knew how to ride the subway. As I was leaving, I changed into flip-flops because I learned earlier in the day that you don't walk around in heels, and the venue was actually way closer to the loft than I thought, so I decided I would try to walk. One of the interns was heading my direction and offered to walk me home. I told her she didn't have to, that it was no problem not to worry about it, and she said, no, come on, let's go. 
I got back to the loft, got ready for bed, cried myself to sleep, and questioned what I was doing here. And I wonder if I belong, if I really have what it takes. But the more I think about it, I think today was just a test. And I'm only 19. Thank you, New York City. <laughs> uh, that has me like so in my feels nine years ago. I had no idea. And I was so naive. And I know some of it might sound super silly, like the getting lost, going the wrong direction, the detail of the people I met. But it was my dad and the MTA booth guy and the waiter, David, and the taxi drivers and my boss and Sarah who took me to lunch and Amy who walked me home that helped me find my way. But I had to try. I had to put myself in those spaces. I had to be open to help. But they had courage. They had navigated what I was going through. They'd already been through it. They had gone through it already. There were so many people around me that night that had probably gotten lost on the subway and there were people before them and there will be people after me who get lost, who want to give up, who don't think they have what it takes. Gave me courage. They calmed my nerves. They made me feel less alone. People say all the time, all you need is a 10% edge to help someone. And the way a community who I just met, who I'd never been a part of, showed up for me and said, you got this, let's do this, set me up for the rest of the decade. So this is just a reminder to allow people to rock your world and to be present and to know the power of connection is the most powerful. And most importantly, trust yourself and don't be afraid to Trust falls sometimes too. I have trust fallen into this more times than I can count and you will land where you're meant to be. You will start believing in yourself a little more and you will meet the people who are meant for you. Whether they're meant to be in your life for a lifetime or a season or maybe just a day or maybe just a moment to point you in the right direction. How cool is that? How freaking awesome is that? So I just want you to think about for a second, who are those people in your life? Who lately has just made you feel a little bit more seen, a little bit more lit up? Who are the baristas who remember your coffee orders or the bartenders who remember your names? And who are the names of the nail techs you go to and the front desk employees at your I encourage you to ask. I encourage you to say good morning in elevators and to thank your porters or the people taking out your trash or the barbacks mopping up the floors at the end of the night at your bar. Say thank you. See them. Be a part of their lives. Be a part of their stories. And Thank you guys so much for listening and for pee being, for peeing. Oh my gosh, I hope you didn't pee. For being a part of my story, of my tea party, of our tea party. I am so excited to share more with you next week about what followed that internship nine years ago and how the last decade has led me to here. I also have some exciting announcements, so stay tuned for those. 
But in the meantime, love y'all so much. Go out there, share your light, share your courage and your stories because they matter. And you are a part of other people's stories every single day. Have a great week. Mwah.